welcome back everyone it is tuesday or some other day that you're listening to this but it is tuesday as of when this is available to the public so welcome to another episode of fingers crossed podcast we are your hosts as usual i'm christy i'm sierra hey hey I was gonna say hey, oh, hey. I wonder I was trying to say hey guys and then I was like no I should say something different I always say that I'm gonna say hey hey so and suddenly just, she goes hey 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 it's fat Albert I was honestly thinking like hey hey the chicken from Moana you know like the crazy chicken that's always like pecking at nothing that's his name hey hey yeah oh I don't remember that it's that's spelled H E I H E I but still hey oh, hey okay. is like the weird I like, haven't watched that in many years I, I just really like that character in general um you know who I love from recent Disney movies who. You might remember this. Gerald from oh my gosh, Finding yes. Glory. Dude, you I and I were obsessed Gerald. with Gerald. When we found the portrait that had Gerald on it at Disneyland we or Disney California Adventure, we took a picture with him. Oh, that's if, right. If you guys don't remember Gerald, Gerald is like the weird seal with a unibrow. He was the outcast seal. Yeah, the outcast seal in Finding Dory. In Australia. Um, <laughs> And he always he just so kind of cute, he had these bug eyes. And he would just like stare with his mustache. And he had a bu- oh, he had a bucket. That's right. He had a bucket. He would like he carry was in so his funny. Mouth. I loved him. I had a sticker of him on my laptop. You know how everyone had like stickers on their laptops in college, like those red bubble white outline stickers. That yeah, were, like- you got me one and you gave me one and I put it on my water bottle. And it was the only sticker I had on my water bottle for like six years until it finally fell off. Wait, what did it say? Well, I don't remember. It was just Gerald. It was just the same. It was a picture of Gerald. Oh, I got Gerald. you the Gerald sticker. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's we all coming back We had matching Gerald stickers. And only the natural progression of this as we get older is that when we go to Concord, New Hampshire, we're going to get matching Gerald tattoos. Oh, my God. That's actually my dream. And I think now you can't walk back on that promise. We just going <laughs> to hold you to it. We get to pick the location for each other's tattoo. Oh my god. I imagine we're gonna work up to this and then we're gonna get to the tattoo place like ready to go and they close at like 5 p.m. Like that's Honestly, the scenario that's I the kind of for us and so then we're like we're gonna stick and poke it in our backyard. Here we go. <laughs> it looks like okay. absolute trash. I'm very much looking forward to this. But in the meantime, we have an episode to do before that. And this week on fingers crossed we are talking about leadership this is kind of yes leadership this is kind of a random subject i don't know why i thought about this recently but i was just like i want to talk about leadership styles on this podcast i think i was listening to someone else talk about like someone that they had been really frustrated with who was like their mentor or something in some capacity like that and it got me thinking just like what makes a good and bad leader per se? Mm -hmm. Or like, what kind of leader am I? And like, what kind of leadership do I work best under? And I just think there's actually so much to unpack there and so much psychology, sociology, but also just like interesting stories of people learning about themselves and like learning how to be a leader in life. Right. Um, And also leaders and mentors throughout our lives and into our early 20s, especially really shape who we are and can really give us a lot of direction or perspective in kind of our path and everything especially when we're young and impressionable so I think it's interesting to talk about and um, learn about it's really interesting to think about the good and bad leaders that made you make good choices and then also the ones that kind of inspired you to make bad choices and like how you learn from that if you wish Mm -hmm. it was different did like if you had a bad leader or a bad mentor did that person 
cause you harm or did it instead like fuel you to like do better? You know, sometimes it can kind of cause that like opposite reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really interesting. We have a couple stories that uh, we're going to talk about today of each of our experiences with good and bad leadership. Um, And it's just really interesting to talk about. And we got a few after we announced this on our Instagram, which again is fingers crossed pod, got to say it. Um, After we announced it, we got a few DMs of people saying, oh, that's such a great topic. Like I love hearing about stuff like that. So um, mm-hmm. it's I'm also like, interesting yeah. to hear from each other's about what sticks with you because I think oftentimes these stories of like those experiences you had with that one coach or something like the coach probably doesn't remember it at all. But this that's is a, this is a you... story I'm going to tell later. By the way, for context. Well, I'm just talking more globally, but oh, also oh, your sorry. Story. I had a, okay. I had a story about a coach. I thought we we're getting into it. Never mind. Foreshadowing. Okay. Foreshadowing. Yes, foreshadowing. We're getting out of ourselves. But yes, a coach, a mentor, a teacher, a Spanish tutor. I don't know. And like those kind of people who are in those positions who work with a lot of different people, mentees, students, whatever, like they probably don't remember those interactions, but you'll have one experience that really sticks with you. And I think it's so interesting to hear from people like what that is and if it's for better or for worse and like how, you know, people's actions really do impact you, especially when they're in a position of leadership. So I think it's really important to kind of be aware of how you are a leader and how you're impacting others in those roles too because it really does like stick with people and make a difference and impact them more than you might think that actually can I tell a quick story I know we're in the intro and we usually don't do intro stories but uh, that actually just reminded me if I've told this story before correct me and I'll just stop or I'll just tell it again just for emphasis but emphasis emphasis so when I was I did a lot of um like teaching kids or like mentoring kids are you talking about the theater kid with uh the one that you went back to to your high school no a different theater kid okay okay this was a child okay yes i did tell that story about how he came and told me how much i'd meant to him not to do my own horn but it like changed my life and made me feel really special so when i was in high school i uh was a choreographer and director for children's musicals and um i know that kids are like sponges they're so impressionable and the role models that kids have especially when it comes to their self-esteem how they view themselves like what they want to do when they grow up like their mentors and like teachers have such an impact like it is insane and so i've always kept that in mind and i wanted to be a really really good role model to these kids especially when it came to like their love of the arts and all that and i remember this um we were teaching Alice in Wonderland Jr. And uh, I did the choreography and everything. And our lead girl playing Alice, the sweetest, sweetest child. And she was British. It's That's not important <laughs> to the story. It's just I'm going to imitate her accent later because it's really cute. So oh, that's boy. why I'm just letting you know. Um, <laughs> sweetest little British girl. And she played our Alice. And um, I remember it was opening night. And I mean, these kids were all so young, but it was so cute. And she was having really bad stage fright and she was like on the verge of tears and she like didn't want to go on stage and she was like scared i mean it was like an auditorium of maybe 50 parents like it's i mean i I can understand for a kid it can be very scary scale to them yeah to them is you know so she was like i i pulled her aside we like went and had a little pep talk and i was like telling her you know like all these (laughs) things that i would say you know like you know imagine this or you know you're gonna do great you know we picked you for a reason we have faith in you like Mm -hmm. all these kinds of things And I just remember, God, I'm going to freaking cry. She like wiped this tear out of her face and her beautiful little British accent. She goes, Sierra, you know, you're my role model, you know? And it just like broke me. Like I was just like the fact that a kid like actually had the 
what do you call it? The emotional awareness to say that to someone who's like yeah. 15, who's like a 15 year old is not an adult. Like a 15 year old is still but to them. Most, it is right. But I'm saying for me, it was still very impressionable and like made a big impact mm. on me as far as my development and like the impact that I could still have on people. Got it. And, you know, growing up, you know, what's funny. I have no idea if she would ever listen to this podcast, but she actually, her and I reconnected on um, Instagram and Aww. she joined the same sorority I was in uh, wow. later in life. So it all Sisterhood came from I literally deep, DM'd her on Instagram and I was like, hey girl, like, welcome <laughs> to the chapter. <laughs> um, I know that it's like so weird but it just like it came full circle and I was just like it it, it shows how much like little tiny things you do can make a really big impact and it meant That's a lot really to me. sweet so thank you for sharing that yes I love stories like that and especially when it's like you have those moments that just kind of like kick you in the butt like oh wait a second like this is more than just me you know cashing in a check to help coach kids in the summer like it right. actually has so many different impacts so very cute. But yes, we're talking about leadership in today's episode. So we're actually going to take a couple quizzes, which we'll get into later in the episode. We but love first, quizzes. We, we love, love quizzes. quizzes. We love leadership. We love stories. We love it all. So it's a good episode for today. We love um, things that tell us who we are. You know, those the personality affirming quizzes. Who so much am fun. I? <laughs> two, two, four, six, six, six seven, one. Yeah, my leadership style is Jean <laughs> Daltron. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, before that, let's do a little catch up. What's been going on? I'll have some uh, muscles. How's our week? Okay. I'm I'm actually so out of it, you guys. I'm so tired right now, and it's like Sunday night at 10 p.m. So it's 10:30 where Christy me. is. So yeah, it's a little later than usual. But it's anyway, been a day. Condiments um, aside, today is Father's Day that we're recording this. So happy Father's happy Day Father's to all day the fathers. To those, yes, who are fathers, who have fathers, who do not have fathers in their lives, who are father figures, etc. We are sending our love to you. I spent the day today at the Barstow Chili's. This is a common joke between me and my friends because my parents live in Las Vegas and I live in LA. And if you don't know, Barstow is like the little gas station pit stop town that's halfway between and so they have a Chili's and a few other restaurants too but um, well, most importantly a Chili's. it's a Chili's and uh because it's a two-hour drive for me two-hour drive for them it's something that allows us to meet up and like have lunch but it's a day trip for both of us it's not like one person driving four hours there and back yeah. um so we've done it a handful of times now and we like know the whole menu and all the different booths and all the different servers at the bar <laughs> chilies we so, love a family tradition that i know takes right root later on in your life you know <laughs> yeah so uh catch me on every holiday at the bar chilies. that's um, what we were saying before we started recording was like sierra was talking about barstow and she's like yeah barstow home of the barstow chilies <laughs> like it's the most important thing i'm just wondering like do they have other restaurants or like why are you fixated on chilies well Not that you shouldn't be but it's like a curious. lot of them are quick service so like a place to actually mm. sit down and i realized chilies it's not exactly like you know french cuisine with tablecloths like but it, i mean there's not really like there's habit burger and then there's Got you it. know a million like mcdonald's starbucks and why wouldn't you want to go to the famous barstow chili i mean it's literally famous we have made it famous i hope i'm giving i'm we're not sponsored by the barstow chilies but we (laughs) should be and if you are driving from vegas to la or vice versa or anywhere we go through barstow please do me a favor stop at the barstow chilies and pick and send it to us you know they've got a great deal they have one that's a ten (laughs) dollar meal deal where you can get an appetizer an entree a dessert and a drink for 10 bucks whoa i couldn't even get half a shot of alcohol in new york for 10 bucks loved the barstow chilies that's where i spent my sunday christy how was your sunday what'd you do today 
Last Sunday was great. I, um, me and a couple of my friends who live far away from our fathers all got brunch together in celebration of our fathers who are not here. And we went to this brunch um, at a place. They actually just opened a location of Boucherie. It's like a French restaurant in New York. And they opened this. Oh, my God. Your huge... pictures were so beautiful. It's what so is that pretty. Place? It's like this huge, like glass ceilings like the windows and there's flowers everywhere and they have this huge bar and like so many tables it's in midtown it's called la grande boucherie if you are in new york and you want to go and um i was just it was beautiful so yeah we had brunch there which was really nice and then i came back and relaxed for a little bit and did some work and then i went and actually got drinks with a friend from dc except we weren't even friends in dc she was actually my friend from geneva and i haven't oh. seen her back in the u actually no did i see her in dc at one point i don't remember but she was in new york and so we got drinks and caught up and it was really nice but um yes it's been quite a weekend i my lemon i guess kind of it's like not even a big deal but we had our last kickball game of my kickball league i feel like i've um really been on the whole journey with you guys on the podcast because it was like the thing that i mentioned like haha i'm not gonna do that and then i did it and i'm so glad that i did because it was so much fun but i'm sad because it's over now and we had our last game and we won for once we literally lose every single week we won one other game and then this one um i guess two for six not terrible not the worst but um it's about having fun you know yeah I'm not even there to play. Like, I literally run away when it's my turn to kick. I just am there to hang out with my friends. Literally, Um, later in this uh, episode, I talk about competitive sports, and this is not an example of competitive sports. This is sports for fun. I mean, it's pretty competitive with the boys that argue with the umpire every single game. But meanwhile, I'm on the sidelines just drinking and having a good time. Yeah, that's so, so funny because my brother, competitive. my brother's actually on a Las Vegas kickball team as well. And he was telling me mm-hmm. on how his last game, there was an issue with people the arguing umpires. with the umpire. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, it's but literally I was, every single time. I mean, it's at so kids' funny. soccer games, the parents will like stand up and start yelling profanities at the ref. I'm like, yo, your kids are four. They're four. <laughs> so like you're wearing a neon pink t-shirt that they gave you for free so like maybe take a seat but okay yeah like you literally but. see the kids sitting down on the goalie like making a daisy chains like waiting yeah. for the ball to come over <laughs> like that would have been me all uh, right so alas uh we had our last game which is a bummer but it was a lot of fun regardless and i finally got to go on my birthday celebration we went on the boat ride that got postponed a few weeks ago for my birthday, which was a lot of fun. And it was beautiful outside and we saw the sunset and yeah, it's been a really fun weekend. I'm just slightly exhausted and ready to sleep. But other than that, I can't complain and I am ready for the week ahead, ready for another exciting episode of fingers crossed podcast. You were saying, uh, so speaking of good leaders in our lives, you were saying your captain of your boat was a really fun guy. Oh yes. Captain Dan. He was something else. Dan. He um he was very fun, very nice guy. If you guys are looking for a boat ride in New York, it's called Sailing Islander, and you could book it with Dan. He's a great guy. Would recommend. Great leadership. I don't know what his leadership style is, but I'll refer him to the quiz, and I'll report back. <laughs> Imagine great. I literally contact, I leave a Yelp review, and I'm like, I'm going to give you one star unless Captain Dan reports back with his leadership style. Yeah, and take your Myers-Briggs while you're at it, and give me your full oh birth God. chart so I can analyze you. Would love it, yes. <sighs> Anyway. On that note, let's segue into this wonderful episode. We're very excited to talk about leadership and all the things that follow. And thanks to everyone who participated in our polls and surveys. We love you guys so much. And if you want to be part of the podcast, as always, follow us online at Fingers Cross Pod on Instagram.
So this week, we are going to have a really interesting conversation about leadership styles, like our best and worst mentors, teachers, leaders, the kind of people in your life that kind of shape your own leadership style and what we think maybe ours is. And we got a lot of really interesting stories and submissions from you guys on our Instagram at fingerscrosspod. And also, we're going to do one of my favorite things, which is taking a quiz. Take a quiz. Take a quiz. I'm just obsessed. On the air. You know what it is? I'm probably just a narcissistic bitch because I just love taking quizzes about myself and learning about my own personality and things. Um, But it's so interesting because... You know, you figure out things that might explain reasons that you made certain choices or your thought process behind things. And you're like, oh, that's why I handled it that way, because I tend to stick with this kind of type of leadership. And this is what my brain naturally goes to, et cetera, or kind of giving some rationale to other people's choices. If you understand more of their broader, you know, traits and patterns in a personality type setting. Mm -hmm. So um, we're doing one that's like a leadership style quiz from USC online. We'll have these linked in the show notes if anyone wants to follow along because I think it's fun to listen to people take quizzes too and like do the answers with them. And then we actually have a quiz that Sierra did in the real, what's the word I was looking for? I just lost The real it. world? Well, the real, the real actual <laughs> workplace. And I did it on the real housewives of uh, <laughs> Los Angeles. Yes. And uh, she suggested that we take it on air too, which is a little bit different than leadership style. What was it again? It's like a creative type. Uh, yeah, your creative workplace type. And I actually was part of my onboarding package at my job. They had us take it. And I just thought it was interesting. There's like mm-hmm. eight types and mine's like a cactus with eight eyes. But like, it makes sense. It'll explain it later. Yeah, we'll explain it. I haven't taken it yet. Sierra already did. So she knows hers, but I don't know mine. So we're going to take it live on air also. So it's kind of like, I mean, obviously leadership, is interwoven throughout your entire life in so many different aspects but I feel like we think of it a lot in the work sense so we're going to probably talk about a lot of work stuff in this but also you know any aspect of life there's leaders there's you know group settings and things and um, we're going to talk about it all so um, to start it off we did ask you guys of course some polls on the Instagram so if you want to be a part of the conversation or have your input then you can, like I said, at Fingers Cross Pod, follow us. And on our stories, we always put polls. And I think the polls are so fun because everyone likes to participate in a poll and like see what other people said oh, and yeah. like what, you know, if theirs is the unpopular opinion or whatever. And um, you know that awkward feeling when like you're like, this is definitely obvious that it's this option. And then everyone else is like 80% the other option. <laughs> Yeah, it's very interesting. And then when I first started doing Instagram polls, I thought they were anonymous. They're not anonymous. You can see what people pick. Right. Yes. But that's okay because we're not judging anyone here. So Mm -mm. we did a few polls about leadership styles. The first one is, do you consider yourself to be a strong leader? 63% of people said yes and 37% said no, which honestly, I think that kind of tracks with what I expected because that's two thirds of people saying yes. And the thing is, is that there's so many different types of leaders. And I mean, you probably have your own preconceived notions or like you probably have one profile of a person you think of when you think of a leader, but there's so many beyond that and not just like the loudest person in the room. Like there's so many types of leadership. So, you know, it could mean something different to everyone. So 63% said yes, though. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that uh, think they're a good leader that aren't. And I think there's also Mm -hmm. a lot of people that say they're not a good leader, but actually are and just don't have the confidence or the experience to think that, you know, that they would select yes on that. So I think it's probably a pretty honest spread. I don't necessarily think it's representative of actual good leaders. But then again, that's also a matter of perspective, because, you know, someone who I think is a good leader, you may think sucks. 
So Okay, this next one I actually found really interesting with the responses. And it says, do you think everyone can be a good leader or only certain people? And 33% of people said everyone. And 67% said only certain people. And didn't you say, Sierra, that you meant to say certain people or something? I saw your DM that you like yeah, pushed well, the wrong I, cli- I clicked the wrong one. I meant I clicked the one that said everyone can be a good leader, but I meant to click the one that said only certain people. And I feel bad that that's kind of like a mean perspective, but I don't mean it like that. I just think that some people, maybe they can be a really good person, but like having like true leadership skills, I mean, granted, there are different kinds of leaders, but also right. not that's everybody. Thing. It's such a broad term too. Yeah. You know, there are there are people that lead certain things in certain ways, and just because you're not like a camp counselor, like peppy cheerleader, yeah, like a loud type, leader, is that's like, not the yeah, mm. that's not the only kind of leader. Like there are other leaders that like do incredible things. So I do think there are lots of different types, but I also think there are other people who just they just don't want to lead, or they prefer to follow and like mm-hmm. that, and like have tasks delegated to them, and that like if they were put into a leadership leadership position, it would just cause them anxiety or stress or, you know, like I just, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess I would just, um, I think of it more broadly and kind of like you said, like you can lead from the background also, like leading by example, I think is a form of leadership where you just quietly mm-hmm. do something and not being, you know, vocalizing to everyone what you're doing and not expecting praise or anything or expecting people to replicate it or follow, but you do set an example without even trying that is that has an impact on people and that influences them to do other things too so I think that is a form of leadership too that I don't know I kind of think that in a way I guess it depends on what your definition is but you could say that everyone could be has the potential to be a good leader like I don't necessarily think that there's only one quality that makes for a good leader and you have it or you don't like I think it's a very malleable kind of concept it's like a sliding scale yeah yeah. definitely but I get I I see both sides of it though because it is like if you think of maybe only certain people could be a certain type of leader if you're thinking of like right that head of the team motivating people that kind of leader then yeah sure um it's not cut out for everyone and not everyone would want to do it but people always talk about natural born leaders that like i feel like i've heard that phrase mm-hmm. a lot natural born leader they're a natural leader i think it's often something that people attribute to like being born with you're born with leadership skills or you're not like but that doesn't and, make and, sense to me i know you can learn i mean granted it's something you can learn and you can pick up and you can be inspired by people but i still feel like just how certain personality traits i feel like people have had since they were you know, personalities show up in kids as early as like, you know, one and two years old, Mm. you know? And I think that, you know, oftentimes the kids that like are leaders young in life, you know, they're the ones who like start the clubs. They're the ones who, you know, start, you know, on the playground, they organize, capture the flag. Like those kids, I feel like so often stay leaders. Like, and as they get older, they like continue into other leadership roles. Right. But also on the flip side of that, I mean, I guess maybe I should learn more about the science of those kind of like innate traits or what could be attributed to genetics or whatever. But I, I tend to side with the nurture side of nature versus nurture in a lot of things because it's just how can you actually, you know, take out the socialization to understand that they were just born with it, you know, because everyone's socialized from the moment they're born. So maybe those personalities True. show up when they're like one years old, but maybe it's because of certain qualities that their parents encourage maybe subconsciously or the environment that they're in that like fosters that and then once they have it it's only amplified and they grow up to be those leaders because maybe the adults in their lives see those qualities and they really like 
capitalize on them and try to keep those kids in those roles or encouraging them. And maybe some kids that could have been good leaders from a young age, like they were shy or something. And so those same kind of um, environments weren't put on them. And so they, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot Mm -hmm. of socialization too, which is interesting in like from a young age, if you tell a kid, like, oh, you're not good at this, or you can't do this, or you're not as good of a leader, they're not going to be encouraged to, like, pursue that, too. So, yeah, it's an interesting no, conversation. No, it's a very good point. I mean, I wish you could just take the same, in an experiment, you know, put the same kid, you know, in one situation, and then un- make them ungrow. Just literally <laughs> take them-, them away from every person they've ever met in their lives at some point. And then yeah. have them start like over. A and then very humane experience. <laughs> Okay, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying that there are limits to what you can test with that because you can't replicate the same person in two different scenarios. You can have similar people, but not to the same person. Exactly, exactly. And also, I'm reading this book actually called The Midnight Library about this girl who is like in the in-between life and death, and she can go back and like live different paths of her life to see how they would have ended up. Sorry, this is a tangent. Never mind. But basically, it's like, yeah, maybe you could see if it was, you know, oh, I'm just not like that. But then you look at this other path of life where you were encouraged at a young age, perhaps to do that, and it could be completely different and you have a different personality. So it's just interesting. Um, But yeah, sorry for the tangent. But I put a question box on this poll as well that just says, if you said certain people who, like what makes a someone who could be a good leader if it's not everyone? This one says humble, gracious, down to earth. So I guess they're saying not everyone is humble, gracious, and down to earth enough to be a leader. Uh, it is one thing to tell people what to do. A leader shows how to do it. Constructive criticism is vital. I like that a lot. Certain qualities of leadership are innate. Not to say followers can't be amazing and valuable too. So that's kind of like what you were saying, that there's just some you know, natural born leader, something to it, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not saying isn't true because I don't really know, but I just, I feel like it's hard to prove that, you know? So yeah, this is when this person responded and said, you have to have compassion for what your people are going through and understand what you need. Um, I think that, I mean, granted, different people are going to respond to things differently. But if you have like very empathetic, sensitive people, and I I know I am one of those people, I very much respond best to leaders that have like elements of like humanity and compassion, like even in like being a strong leader. But I have a hard time with people that are like super go-getter, super this, but are very like, like flat line when it comes to like, like too blunt empathy. Yeah, like too blunt or like without empathy or like, you know, like you a don't lot of have sarcasm, the human aspect. you know, yeah. yeah. And like, I understand, though, if you have too much of that, though, then your your people you're leading can often not see you as a strong figure and walk all over. It blurs you. Lines. It's like, yeah, it's like such a fine line. And like finding that perfect balance is really, really hard to do. Someone who can be a hard ass when they need to be a hard ass, but is still a compassionate hard ass. Yeah. I feel like to me, that's like the perfect leader. And it's very hard to find that. Definitely. Um, some of the other responses say. Uh, people who can set aside their own emotions and focus on the good of a group. I think that is very important and not taking things personally. I think being a really strong leader, you cannot take things personally, which is something that me as a leader has been one of my faults Mm -hmm. is that I like, if someone tells me that like something I'm doing, they don't like, it's it's like, okay, well, it's not working. I'm like, okay, I can't be like, Oh, Sierra, her feelings are hurt. Honey, they hate me. I just like, no, like I'm a leader here. And something's not going right. How can I take this and turn it around so that I'm actually being the best leader I can be? Right. And that's what a good leader does. And I think as a leader, that's one of my biggest struggles. Um, some of the other responses are 
those who are strong-willed, open-minded, and not easily offended. Okay, there's a common thread there. People who think that the greater picture, who think of the greater picture in the end result, and they use others' strengths. I think that's a big Mm -hmm. thing. One of Jason's things that he has told me about what he thinks makes a really good leader is somebody who finds what the strengths are of the individuals they're leading and finds ways to make them flourish. Yeah. You know, help people flourish in their individual strengths. And, and also delegating properly and yeah. like with those strengths and really capitalizing on them to benefit the whole group rather than just like doing it all themselves or, you know, not delegating properly and using people who aren't as good at things. Leaders create leaders out of their followers. That's interesting. I've never heard that, that before. Huh. I feel like my boss is is very much that way. He, my boss in my current job that I'm working at, he very much wants to give people autonomy and trust people to make Mm -hmm. like do things right and give them a lot of freedom to like not have someone breathing down your neck at all times and he wants you to then go out and lead and like take initiative on the next project and like you know that kind of thing that's very much his style yeah Um, I love that I think that's such an important aspect of being able to like trust your team enough to not be micromanaging them over necessary Mm -hmm. and like you know, trying to have your nose in every single thing they're doing, you have to be able to like, trust. I mean, I guess it it is so personal, though, because some people really do need kind of not handholding, but just more direction. And they don't Mm -hmm. mind feeling like their boss or higher up is like more involved in the process while they're doing it, it makes them feel better to make sure they know what they're doing. Um, But for me, I'm not like that at all. And I would say this kind of brings me to one of the stories of one of the I don't want to say it was a bad leader, but just a quality of someone that I realized I didn't work well with was um, I was in a club in school and on the like executive board, I had one certain role that I was like entrusted to do. And there was someone above me who had wanted that role. And so it, I mean, I guess it was kind of complicated, but basically she felt especially inclined to micromanage me because she really had wanted my job and ended up in this other Mm. role and so it was really hard for me because I was like okay I'm very independent I want to do this how I want like I was trusted with this position to do these literally your catchphrase is don't tell me what yes exactly so I really struggle (laughs) with leaders who are too involved and like want to be in every single step and don't trust you with that autonomy because to me that's so important like it's my project and obviously like I'm not going to go and do things without consulting that need you know group input from or the leadership input but I wasn't being unrealistic with that and it was just like every day she would like text me updates about like okay what is this looking like or like oh I want to change this and it's like okay but this is also my project that you need to trust me to do and Uh I don't know I just I don't do well with micromanagers at all like I really struggle with that so that's something I just learned about myself though and like I said like some people don't mind that kind of leadership and that's fine but leadership also isn't one size fits all like you have to cater to different people in your team and approach them differently so maybe that would have worked for someone else on the board but for me it was like a it was a (laughs) no-go it was a struggle I have a a really interesting story about leadership that I don't necessarily even think has a great conclusion or a great lesson because it just leaves me feeling really confused. So maybe you can help me. (laughs) Let's do it. Um, So I was on a team, a sports team, and I had a coach and this coach was very intense and he was, but he was a great coach. And it's so interesting because coaching 
is also different than leadership because the goal of coaching is, well, I guess maybe it's not it always a form it's of leadership. Win. Yeah, it is a form of leadership. Absolutely. But the goal of a team sports, I think, is to win. That's the goal is to win. Right. There's also having fun. There's camaraderie. There's all those and things, improving especially individuals. Yeah. Ability. Getting, you know, yeah. you know, staying out of trouble, all those great things that sports teams <laughs> do. But my perspective is the goal is to like win the season, you know, whatever. So Anyway, this coach was very. In my my perspective is, I just want to have a good time. <laughs> I know, but you're Me also playing rec kickball. This was like extremely competitive sports. Yeah, see, I don't so, participate in those. <laughs> that's fair. It's fair. Um, it was a time in my life. I don't do them anymore. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so this coach was very intense, and he was extremely good at the sport. So that always helps, you know, because he was extremely knowledgeable in the sport, extremely knowledgeable in you know what we were doing, mm-hmm. um, and. He was also scary. He, like, if you messed up or you were late to practice or you were uh, goofing off or something, like, you, you, like, it did not fly. Yeah. Yeah, it did not fly. And he, there was a time where I should have been practicing this one sports move and I was assigned to go and practice this thing it was very clear when I got to practice that I had not practiced Mm. and so he put me on display in front of my entire team to demonstrate it and he essentially humiliated me oh god in a way I humiliated myself but like the position he put me in like I was humiliated and he like purposefully did something that like really highlighted a mistake and then I did some anyway it just like it's hard to explain without going into too much detail because I'm still trying to stay ambiguous but essentially I ended up he could have very easily not done that thing and still like reprimanded me privately right but it was like a public humiliation kind of a thing and do you know what happened though Hmm. I vowed I was never gonna let that happen again and I worked my ass off and I practiced every single time I respected the hell out of him I was never late I was like all these things because I was so humiliated that that happened and that I cried at practice and all Aww. this stuff. So then wait, like in front of everyone. Yeah. Aww, like, Sierra, and I was trying to hold it together. Hard. He, with this discipline and with this style of coaching, we ended up being extremely successful and winning the season championships. And we were considered one of the best teams. We had extremely good chemistry as a team, And when I think back to people who were like the best coaches in my life, I think of him as one of them, but I was also scared shitless of him. So it's kind of like, I'm in this weird paradox when you think about like, oh, what are the best leaders you've had? I'm like, well, for the age I was and for like what was going on, I think there were some things that were a little bit traumatic about what happened and that I wouldn't necessarily... If I were a coach, I wouldn't repeat. But then at the same time, would we have been as successful and would I have been as diligent and hardworking if I wasn't just a little bit afraid of what was going to happen if I wasn't? I mean, I guess there is some that's definitely valid. And I think, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, you should have at least some degree, not fear. I feel like that's a dramatic way to put it. But like you have to draw boundaries as a coach or a leader in that scenario which is what he did but I think you're right that he took it too far especially for your age group and everything like it wasn't necessary to do that and he could have I feel like gotten that same outcome of running a tight ship and like making sure you didn't want to you know be late or skip out on practicing on your own without humiliating you like I don't think it needed to be that extreme um I don't know I think that's tough because it is it's also hard though because when I 
It is. And when I look back on it, you know, I'm like, okay, was it humiliated or was I just, was I, because I'm also hella sensitive and you know this, like, was, is this the kind of thing where somebody else would have been like, all right, he showed me, learned my lesson, got to do my work from now on versus me. That's like, oh my God, my team knows I'm a failure but I, feel and like, I didn't practice and like, you know, all this stuff. But I feel like there's a way to do that without, you know, like having it emotionally affect your teammates you know like I think yeah yeah I don't know I mean I guess I wasn't there so it's tough but I I know that feeling I had a teacher one time in college where we had to we like pitched out our ideas for this research paper comparing two countries blah 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 and I had known we were like bringing him to class to hand in that day and then he was going to give us feedback before we wrote the papers and I had known going into it that my topic was like slightly off and I still hadn't really like gotten it where I wanted and it wasn't quite right but I had gone into class that day like wanting to talk to him about it afterwards and like get his feedback privately and he we show up to class and he's like okay we're gonna go one by one down the line everyone's gonna pitch their idea out loud and I'm gonna tell you what I think of it and I said mine and I knew it was wrong and he trashed it and he was so (sighs) rude and it was like that I that made me think of that feeling because I know that feeling of like being humiliated in front of everyone even though you knew you weren't like 100% right and I definitely should have gone to him before the day that we're supposed to turn it in right like I'm not completely faultless but it was so embarrassing and I felt so like I've never felt that bad in a class before and I'm just like that's too much you know like even if you knew that you wanted to give me feedback like okay we can actually shape this better to get to the outcome you want in this paper there's a better way to do that besides public humiliation you know so. Oh my god. Yeah. Now that's that is a terrible leader to me. That's like But I know, look back the- and I think of him as a good teacher because he was like that type. He was like running a tight ship. He had really interesting conversations. He, you know, was a tough grader, but like in a good way and made me want to do better. But it's like at what cost? You know, where do you draw that line of like is it really worth it to be the best at this, you know, sports team or having the best, you know, flawless paper if you're emotionally like you know draw crossing lines for your followers you know I think that's tough the problem is when you think of the flip side I had a teacher in college who was such a pushover that the class was a waste yeah because nobody did anything no it's true And, uh, and I enjoyed the material of the class and I think a lot of people ended up it was one of those like what do you call them uh FCCs yes the freshman classes that everybody has to take one and I think a lot of people ended up in this class because they weren't and they weren't super excited about it. Anyway, so she just, I think, really expected the best from everybody, but didn't require any kind of proof that you did the work. Like, oh. you know, she didn't require proof of the readings. And she would, we would sit, like go to have these discussions. And like, people I was the only person it. who did the reading mm. and people would bullshit it. And like, I just remember I wanted her to like tighten her, her ship because I was frustrated and like people are gonna like come at me for this be like god you're such a goody two shoes you wanted to like get people in trouble you were but though. I was frustrated <laughs> but I was frustrated that all these people were showing up to class having done no work and there were no repercussions and there was no nothing and they're getting because- the same grade as you who's putting in effort that's the hard part yeah and also that like you know these classes are not cheap and you know Mm -hmm. like people you know taking out loans you know I you know we've got I've got loans and I had a on-campus job I'm not saying it's all about that but I was just really frustrated that I felt like this class was such a bust Mm -hmm. because there was no repercussion for not doing the work and so I don't think that teacher was a good leader at all and I don't know if she was afraid to reprimand or if she just really was hoping that everyone was likable or yeah like like I don't 
but I just, whatever it was, um, I think of her as like not a good leader, you know, for that reason, because I do, maybe this is controversial, but I feel like maybe to be a good leader, you need to be kind and respected, but also feared just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, am I, am I wrong there? Because I think it's what you mentioned earlier. It's just a really fine line because Mm -hmm. you, yeah, you want to have a like good, healthy environment where your teammates, your classmates, whatever, they feel supported, they feel comfortable with you, they feel like they can trust you, but you also have to draw the boundaries early of what's not acceptable or else they're going to start showing up 15 minutes late every day to class and you're going to start late because right. you're accommodating them and not drawing the line of like locking the door or something. And it might seem harsh, but like people do need boundaries too. And I think, yeah, it is kind of an aspect of like, they need to know and kind of fear consequences of not doing their part or not showing up to the team and like yes. bringing their a game essentially. Like it's, it's it reflects on everyone I, too. If it is a team situation, I mean, classes, I completely agree. And if, whether it's a class, a sports team, a job, if you are someone who naturally wants to, you know, work hard and be that good person, but you see that those boundaries are not being imposed on others on your team. It's frustrating. It, it, it creates a ripple effect because then everybody starts slacking yeah. because you're like, oh, well, if this employee can show up to work 18 minutes late every day and Without I'm busting my ass to yeah. be here on time and there's no consequence, it's like, what's it, what's even happening here? It, it starts to shift the culture if like those things aren't nipped in the bud. Mm-hmm. And then I think when you have a culture where, say, for example, at a job, everybody shows up at 9 a.m. and they're always on time. Obviously, you know, things happen like emergencies, but like you know, people show up and they're on time and people get to their work right away and they're responsible on their breaks. You know, it it creates this environment of like, okay, this is a place where we come to work and we're like, you know, I just- Yeah, and you can laugh and you can like have moments with your coworkers and it's comfortable, but- you know, it's not too lax. Like it's, it's a workplace. You're creating a culture of respect. And I think Mm -hmm. the same goes for a sports team. If you have one person who shows up practice 15 minutes late every day, and they're getting the same playing time as the person who's there on time every single day, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not fair. And I don't think that necessarily a good leader would allow that to happen. Right. You know, I, I feel like there should be, and again, maybe this is controversial that like, just like you said, the fine line, a little bit of fear just because it's important to keep how do you even describe it's not even like i just said like but just like knowledge of consequences for not performing up to your standard like exactly. that's what it is like you just need boundaries because it reflects on everyone and it affects everyone when you're not like holding up your end of the deal as a team member right so yeah I and totally now that agree. i think about it thinking back to that sports conversation if my coach had pulled me aside and been like hey i'm really disappointed that you didn't show up prepared today i expect you to be prepared for the future xyz would i have put in the same work and the same like balls to the wall i am gonna show up i am gonna do my practice i am gonna be on time i am gonna if i wasn't so afraid of potentially getting the public embarrassment again well maybe that goes back to everyone needs a different leadership style and everyone requires special attention because maybe for someone who was pulled aside someone else that would have been enough that would have like shook them mm-hmm. enough to like you know not slack again but maybe you needed more of a push and he recognized that question mark or did he did he do that a lot was that like a pattern or was that like a okay sierra green is the one person we're going to put on the the dunce cap for this. No, he was he was tough he for was everyone. Tough. Okay, uh huh. Yeah, see, but it's... people didn't always respond. I was the only one that ever freaking cried. But that's also because I'm a sensitive ass bitch, and so I just <laughs> cry all the time. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the hard part about The other people would just say, okay, coach, and then do it better next time. (laughs) Meanwhile, Sierra's like rampaging in her journal, (laughs) crying. Not to make fun of your cry, because I'm sure it was like actually traumatizing, especially when you're young. Like, that's not fun. And I know. But the thing is, it's like, it, it leaves me feeling really confused because I love being a leader and I love having, I think, having a being a positive leader where I encourage people and I'm motivational. But I think that my fault as a leader is that I would get walked over. Yeah. Because I don't think I have a str- like a hard enough backbone that if I was really trying to be a boss or lead a group of people, it's also harder for women. I'm going to put that out there. It just is to not be, you know, for people yeah. not to naturally want to walk all over them. You know, it's a whole other conversation. But, you know, I would need to grow a little more of like a hard ass shell, yeah. you know, I think to be a full package leader. Because right now I think I'm like a 70% package leader. And that's a part of kids. It's great. Yeah. I mean, for being a camp counselor and like, you know, when I'm motivating kids and like doing craft camp and like I want diffusing children fighting at summer camp and stuff. Oh my God. I'm like, it's top notch. But if I were to actually try to like be someone who adults look up to, I think I have some work to do. Mm -hmm. So speaking of that, should we go to the quiz, our leadership style quiz? And um, yeah, let's take some See what it tells us that we are actually really quick before we do the quiz. I did a like a mini thing of a few there's four different leadership styles just on this one graphic that I found that I posted and I asked a poll of which style do you think suits you the best so the four are the visionary which is creative risk taker big thinker and charismatic the processor which is task focused self-starter improvisational and motivational the operator who is risk averse logical objective and data focused and then the synergist with a detached pov meta view people oriented enterprise minded the results from this actually surprised me because there's like a it's pretty skewed it's not like super evenly split i mean kind of but the two like most dramatic ones or the processor got well these aren't in percentages um yeah so you'd have to do some quick math but the processor Um, got three times as many votes as the visionary the visionary got the least amount of votes which surprises me i guess because i'm i identify with the visionary one so i would think that more people are that but that's just me being self-centered i guess um no it's really interesting though christy because i also identified with the visionary one mm -hmm. as my leadership style but i feel like you and i while we have some very similar traits we also have some really different traits. And like, you know, I feel like I would come from more of like an empathy perspective and you would come much more from a logical perspective as a leader, but yet we both identify with that. But you didn't identify with the people oriented one, the synergist. No, you said you were a combo of that one. Well, I don't even know actually, because I'm not sure what they mean by detached POV. Like detached from the project. I, I don't know. Like a, when I think of a detached POV, I think of someone who uh, detaches themselves from the work. And oh, so okay. they're they're that less likely to get offended and they're better at being like a peacekeeper and like keeping things neutral and focused on the task. I guess I could kind of see that. I don't know. I feel like you kind of are that too, though, in some ways, not the entire thing, but like the people oriented, enterprise minded. I don't know. Um but maybe yeah. we're all just maybe we're all just a little. Of I mean, all yeah, of them. no one's one hundred percent just one thing. That's for sure. But I definitely, I think I do fit visionary most, just because I am a big picture thinker and I'm not super detail oriented. Um, but I know a lot of people are, and I think that's why a lot of people pick the processor because it is like task focused, um, 
well, I guess self-starter operators more of the like detail logic one, which got how many votes did that one get? Which was the second highest. Um, yeah, so it goes processor was the highest, operator was the second highest, then synergist, and last was visionary, with a third of the votes that processor got. So very interesting. Um, I wonder what about processor really stood out to people the most. Maybe because it's like motivational self-starter it's probably a good i don't know leadership quality i'm like going through these uh stories that we made it's very interesting looking at the graphics you posted about like the anatomy of a bad leader 32 mm-hmm. percent of people say their boss lacks clear vision and direction 33 percent of people say that poor leadership at work is the most stressful part of their job 31 percent of people say my boss makes me feel controlled manipulated or defensive that's just sad it's sad but like it's so true how many of your friends do you think about just like have to vent about their boss all the time you know so many people have yeah. problems with their management And it's tough Mm -hmm. because you hit walls with that. And I've actually never really had an experience where I had like a really bad manager above me. I've been pretty lucky so far um, in my work experiences that I've had good bosses. So I can't really like give personal experience to that. But I can imagine that it's very draining when it's like you try so hard. You can't get any leeway of like your ideas with your boss. You hit walls like it's very discouraging in your work. And that makes a big difference in your motivation and stuff, too. When you feel like your boss yeah. isn't listening to you or they're not responsive or they're not empathetic, like it's, I imagine, a big challenge and it would affect your entire work life, even though it's one person. But, you know, it's so interesting. I'm thinking about at my last job um, that I had, some of my bosses I had there. And, you know, I was talking about the example of like, oh, the guy that ran the tight ship, like I was, I was you know, scared of punishment. And so I always did a really good job Mm -hmm. in my last job. It was kind of the opposite where the one who was like the nicest to us and a little bit of a pushover, none of us ever wanted to abuse his kindness. So we would always like do our very best Mm. when he was working um, because everybody else like was very much only operation focused, only cared about the product, like and, you know, getting the numbers and was very less sensitive towards us as people. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us got tired of like working so hard to like meet the deadlines or whatever, because this person it didn't feel like we were cared about as people. It was just all about the operation. Right. So we didn't care to be on time. Interesting. We didn't care to like, you know, do our best. But then the one guy who would have let us get away with it, we we're like, no, like we're going to be on time for this guy because he's like actually nice to us and treats us like people. So it's really interesting because, again, that's kind of in con- contrast with what I had just said, mm-hmm. you know, but I suppose it's all situational. Also, you know, one of them took place many, many years ago and one took place within the last few years. So, right. And also it's like you can say that two people are both really, really nice and pushovers, but there's so many nuances to people's personalities, too, that are hard to describe or like you might not even realize that like one of them you feel more inclined to maybe take advantage of their niceness versus the other. Okay, so we are going to take a leadership style quiz from USC, which is, drumroll please. Oh, the headline is literally just leadership style quiz. (laughs) Who could have predicted that? Um, We're going to take it at the same time and read it question by question and how we would respond and we'll see what we end up with if we have similar styles or not. There are six leadership styles. I'm sure they'll describe them more, but just on the first page, it says they are servant, Frontline, transformational, metamodern, postmodern, and contrarian, which I have no I idea have what, no any, idea of what any of those mean. Wow, we just said the same thing at the same time. I love that. Okay, so let's start. Question one. Your reaction when standing in front of a world-famous art piece? I can appreciate its beauty, A. 
B, it's nice but not necessary. C, it's more than just art. Or D, it distracts us from what's important. Are we going to say what we're choosing out loud? Yes, or just yes, pick I it? think we should. I'm going to oh. go with it's more than just art. Me too. Okay, good. When I receive a collector's item, I dot dot dot. A, give it to a friend who wanted it more. B, display it in its original packaging. Three, three, C, D, C, open it and use it. Or D, ponder on the purpose of collector's items. I will say D, ponder on the purpose of collector's items. I say give it to a friend who wanted it more because I've done that multiple times. Oh, that's nice. Your response to new ideas. A, how exciting. A chance to get creative. B, let me think about it. C, it's great that others are engaged. D, time to innovate. What are you going to say? Wait, isn't A and D kind of the same? A chance to get creative or time to innovate? Are they the same or um, no? I don't think so. Creativity and innovation aren't necessarily the same thing. You could be creative but use kind of like status quo parameters for your creativity, I would say. But innovation is like doing something to replace an old way. I'm going to say D, time to innovate. Uh, I hate, I want to choose something else, but I have to be honest with myself. I'm going to say, let me think about it because I love to be creative and stuff, but I also have a hesitancy. That's just part of my personality where I always have that voice. It's like, wait, let, let's, let's think about this first to make sure we're making a good choice. Interesting. So I'm going to say, let me think we about it. We love self-awareness. If you trip and fall in front of an audience, A, it'll be a great icebreaker story. B, I get up and bow. C, it happens to everyone. D, it's a humbling experience to keep me grounded. Oh, I get up and bow, 100%. I, whenever yeah. I have an embarrassing moment, I turn it into comedy. I, I say the same, but also I do think it's a great icebreaker story. I feel like those are not mutually exclusive. You can bow and then make it a great icebreaker story. But I, I, I think I lean more towards like, it'll be a good story, but I would also bow. So I'm going to say the first one. Nice. Nice. When other people hurt, dot, dot, dot. A, I feel their pain. B, I work behind the scenes to ease their pain. <laughs> C, life is suffering. <laughs> indeed it's an opportunity to connect and grow oh this is tough for me <laughs> i feel like i see you like all over the map on this christy i'm feeling very conflicted i feel like you're gonna say a feel their pain right i don't know because i also feel d um mm -hmm. it's an opportunity i really to enjoy getting to connect and I'm, i would never enjoy someone suffering but i right. I try to connect with them and help them grow by like providing advice, insight. I think I'm going to say D. Okay, that's a good one. I think I'm actually going to say B. I work behind the scenes to ease their pain. Like that time you made me a grilled cheese when I was crying about my brain. Yeah, like I want to help people, but I'm not super overtly like, oh my God, I totally know what you're going through and very emotionally like yeah. ab immediately address it. Like I just want to make it better, but like sustainably in the long term and not just band-aid it for them. You know what I mean? Totally. The next one says, learning about myself, dot, 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 A, isn't as interesting as learning about you. B, helps me be authentic. C, sounds really boring. Or D, is the foundation of leadership. I would say it sounds boring. I love learning about myself. Okay. I don't know. This is tough. I think I might say it helps me be authentic, but also it is the foundation of leadership. But, like, that's not why I do it. So I'm going to say it mm -hmm. helps me be authentic. That's also my choice. Good. Others know dot, dot, dot. A, a lot about me. B, as much as they need to know about me. C, who they need me to be. Huh. Or D, that I truly care about them. I'm going to go with B, as much as they need to know about me. I would like to think that people know how much I truly care about them. I would really, I really hope people know that. 
And I think they do. People tell me that, which makes me feel really good. Um, but I also think people know a lot about me because I never stop talking and I'm an open book. So which of those would you select for me, Christy? They're not mutually exclusive options. So like they right. can both be true. But I do think I feel like I mean, I think people do know how you feel about them. But I do think what suits you more to what they're looking for in this quiz is probably the first one. Yeah. When faced with a choice between two routes, I dot dot dot. A, take the one less traveled. B, I know exactly what to do. C, I ask for directions. Or D, I consult the map. I'm going to go with I take the one less traveled. I'm going to pick the one that says I look on Yelp to look at the Yelp reviews <laughs> and then make a choice. I'm a Yelper. <laughs> I'm going to say I ask for directions because there are a lot of times where, if, and it's not because I want to know what's right. I would say if I was... There's a picture here of like two cobblestone roads and what looks like a European city. Mm -hmm. And if that was the case, I would find a local and I would ask them and say, hey, which of these paths is either better, faster? Do you take more often? Dot, dot, dot. I, I like asking people's opinions on choices. Interesting. Okay. Good choice. This one says, I tend to notice A, items others overlook, B, people's mistakes, C, how tactics lead to goals, and D, the way things fit together. I'm going to say items others overlook, I think. I do think I notice things that other people might not. I think I'm going to pick D, the way things fit together, because I have always paid attention to that in the physical space and in the, like, emotional or personality space. Interesting. I like that. Okay. When others speak, I A, listen intently, B, empathize, C, really consider their point of view, or D, I like or I think of how to best engage them. I would say C. B for me. I'm saying consider their point of view. Nice. I'm saying empathize. The next one says, I do whatever I can to help. A, despite the odds. B, others help themselves. C, people feel valued. D, people think independently. I'm definitely saying D, people think independently. Are you saying people feel valued? Yeah. Each day is a good day to dot, 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 A, question assumptions, B, be with those I care about, C, be artistic, or D, make a difference. Ooh, mm. that's hard. I think I'm going to go with A, question assumptions. Like, I do want to make a difference, pick that. but. Mine is make a difference. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say be with those I care about. No, I love those I care about, but when I wake up in the morning, my motivation is making a difference. Okay, nice. I don't want to put in my email. No, but actually, it's not going to email you. It immediately has the results. Okay, then I'm going to put... I have mine! Drum roll. Yeah, you can put a fake email, I guess. Servant leader. Ooh, I'm the contrarian leader. Dun, dun, hmm. dun. I'm still curious what the other ones mean, though. Like, what the heck is a metamodern leader? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Okay, do you want to read some about servant leader and what it means? Sure. It says the servant leader for you. Others come first. You need to serve mean your need to serve means that you share power and delight in seeing others grow. You are happy when you help others become self-actualized. Ethical priorities help you remember the responsibilities of leadership. Your humility informs your interactions with others and helps you remain conscientious. As a natural listener, you know how to build community. To delve into what your leadership style strengths include, see Robert Greenleaf's Center for Servant Leadership. Okay. All right. Your leadership well, style is a valuable asset for improving your career prospects. Nice. Uh, more, the rest is just an ad. Um, cool. I think that fits you. Cool. I mean, not that you only live to serve. Like, you have other goals and stuff, too. But I think, like, that is your tendency. 
as a leader yeah. is to help others. What's yours? Mine is the contrarian. It says, you've been liberated from binary thinking, rarely jumping to either or solutions. Contrarian leaders can hold conflicting ideas and perspectives in their minds for long periods of time. You can never or you never blindly trust experts and defer decision making if it is re reasonable to wait. You may even delegate the decision to a subordinate. Selling yourself and your vision to followers helps you gain buy-in from followers and get their input as well. Contrarian leaders know they only spent a fraction of their time moving forward an important agenda. Why? Only... That doesn't make sense. No, they only spent a fraction of their time moving forward an important agenda. This is the nature of the job. I don't like that one. However, you know how to make that time count by following a counterintuitive and challenging path. Okay. Um, I do think that's true. That is, like, very much in line with my personality type, which is ENTP, which we've talked about on the podcast before. Um, but I also just the word contrarian sounds like devil's advocate, which we know you love to do. <laughs> just contrary to everyone and everything. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I definitely like hold conflicting ideas and I like to look at all perspectives and listen to a variety of viewpoints. And I don't always think that I'm right kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I'm I do think I'm good at delegating. I'm not someone that feels like I have to do everything, but I'm not like micromanaging either, I would say. Selling yourself and your vision to followers helps you gain buy-in from followers and get their input as well. Yeah, like I like getting input from everyone and having like hearing everyone's idea before making a decision kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I guess that's true. It, it's tough because we don't know the other ones. So we don't know if it's like, oh, actually, I think I'm transformational. But um, I would say those are pretty accurate. This is interesting. This is from interesting, the yeah. School of Public Policy at USC. So in their Executive Master of Leadership, they have this quiz. So... And we'll link it in the show notes for you guys if you yes, want to take it. Absolutely. Alrighty, so we're going to take one more fun little quiz here on the... I don't know why I just struggled to get the word quiz out of my mouth. We're going to take one quiz. more fun quiz here How on the air. How many we make the word quiz have? Quiz. Quiz. Okay, I, I'm, now I'm thinking of cheese whiz. This is just weird. Okay, so this quiz is one that I took when I actually started at my new job. They, in part of my onboarding, like, paperwork and files and stuff they had me take this and apparently everyone in the office takes it so that the boss can our boss can know like what is everyone's Judge. creative type and like just know like i guess i wonder if they like use it somehow with their to see, like yeah like who works something. best with who or something i don't know because apparently like when i looked at this there are certain types that mesh best with other types um mm -hmm. that's usually so... how personality types go it's possible it's just in the paperwork or in the onboarding stuff and no one ever looks at it ever again. But they said to take a screenshot of the PDF results and upload it to your file. So I did that. So I don't okay. know. But I thought it would be fun to take it today. I also don't even remember the question. So let's go. It's called The okay. Creative Types and it's mycreativetype.com if you want to follow along. Please follow along with us. We're going to take it with you guys just like the last one. So the first question, starting off, I actually like this question a lot. I've never heard a question posed like this. When traveling, you always need a destination or direction i know how and, both of us are going to answer this i'm going to say destination and you're going to say direction yeah i'm absolutely going to say direction the journey is the destination everyone that is my motto of life i mean i really oh there are sounds what is the graphic oh is you that... guys can't even hear i hear it in my headphones oh yeah there's like like a... noise it's like a, a bowling ball rolling down an alley this is an adobe uh creative quiz yeah, so, so it's, it's very like graphic design graphics. yeah you know okay in in that last question, I would like 
to be able to say direction and it's something that like I really strive to do and like have fun with but like you also have to be honest with yourself and I'm usually like when I literally think about traveling I'm always like okay I need an itinerary so I'm just gonna I mean you're also a J personality type and it just makes sense which I'm a planner I like to have things planned out yeah okay so next question says my brain spends more time in the zone or zoning out I'm definitely zoning out oh that's so tough I yeah I'm also zoning out I I daydream like 24 hours a day my brain is always somewhere else than where it's supposed to be okay now there's there's like a graphic of funnel thing going on I hope you guys are actually taking the quiz with us and watching these as we're (laughs) okay it's kind of like oh Oh, you can skip them down in the bottom I'm gonna skip that because that's like stressing me out I tend to see life through the lens of systems or stories whoa that's an interesting question I have to think about that definitely stories for me stories I think I would say stories too. I feel like stories is more like people centric and systems yeah. is more like how the world works. Kind of thing. Yeah. Are you a ruler or a scribble? Wait, sorry. I'm watching the graphic. This one's oh, like pipe cleaners. Yeah. That one creeped me out. It kind of like made yeah, me I don't think like of like sounds. bugs, skip, like weird, skip. like maggots. Are you a ruler or a scribble? Oh, I'm absolutely a scribble. I'm like, I'm like half and half. I'm like a wavy line. That's not an option. Pick one. I'm definitely a scribble of a mess of a human being. I'm not a ruler in any sense. I don't think that a scribble has to be a mess. I think it's more just like do Pablo you Picasso art. walk in a straight line or do you like skip all over the pavement? I probably I probably am a scribble also. I think you're a scribble too. I think you have ruler tendencies, but like as a oh, there's that wavy human. line I was talking about when you look at the graphic. Yes. I'd rather be in a cocoon or a beehive. Ooh, definitely a beehive. Mm, that's really tough because I see I like beehives, but I also need my time away. I need my rest. And sometimes I feel like I calm down in a cocoon. But I, I also love mm-hmm. activity and I love being around people. I mean, I don't think it necessarily means that. You don't have to look at it. Like, don't think too hard. Just instinct. Cocoon or a beehive. Cocoon is where you you develop and become a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> A cocoon sounds cozy, and a beehive sounds chaotic, but a beehive also sounds fun, and a cocoon sounds lonely. Hmm, much to think about. God, it's so hard. I think I'm going to say a cocoon, but I it's really hard to decide for And me. that's on being an indecisive Gemini, everyone. <laughs> and that's on being an insect. Dip your toes or dive in head first. Dive in, 100%. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a toe dipper. I feel like we're, I, I keep picking, like, the ones that I'm picking are all on the right side, so I feel like it's, like, very Yeah, like, left, left brain, right brain. Like, or they're not mixing know. it up with the, like, question. You know what I mean? You know when you take a quiz and it's like, oh, if you're mostly C, because all the C answers are for the same Yes, answer. but this contradicts that because it said on the left it was ruler and on the right it was scribble. And in this next question is my door is left wide open right usually closed and i feel like usually closed would go with ruler hmm. in my opinion okay yeah i guess i so, could see that it is okay, a little the question bit is my door is wide open or usually closed i'm saying wide open for sure for me me and my cocoon my cocoon is wide open huh i don't know i'm picturing it like are you a closed off person or an open book that's what i'm picturing oh i'm thinking of more like I picture it as like being open to things, which I do think I'm open minded. That's the thing. It's just so vague. My door is. I want to say wide open. 
Okay. Next one. Updates are ready to install. Restart now or remind me tomorrow. Literally remind, remind me tomorrow. Me for... in hell. <laughs> I will click remind me tomorrow for like six Until months. Until I die. Yeah. I literally just did that before we got on the podcast. Good. Oh my God, Christy. My first question is always why or how? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. These are really interesting. My first question is always why, for sure. I know. I know. That's why I laughed because like literally you question everything. <laughs> why but how is also like a questioning inquisitive thing you know yeah i i'm i'm definitely a how person okay if i don't know how something works and i watch somebody do it i usually like want to learn how to do it no yeah i'm definitely the why are we doing this yeah the next one secret weapon curiosity or endurance mine's 100 percent curiosity Mm, yeah same i'd rather talk to someone i just met or myself Someone I just met. Yeah, someone I just met. Everything is connected. True or false? True. For me. Everything? Connected how? See, this is you asking why and how. This is just... just, (laughs) Do you, like, believe that there's, like, a general connection to, like, your life and the things you do and the people you meet and, like, the reasons you make the choices you do? I mean, yeah. Or do you just think that everything is random? I mean, in the fate sense, I think everything is random. But in the, like, your own life sense, like, yeah, there's a lot, there's explanations for everything you do and, like, who you're surrounded with and, you know, psychologically. Okay. I do think everything is connected in that sense. Like, tangibly. Okay. But we're going to go with true. Next question says, are you a fortune cookie or a birthday cake? I am a birthday cake. Definitely. Hmm... My first instinct was birthday cake, but I think I'm a fortune cookie. Like, just saying random things inside. You think it's a cookie, and then you get some unsolicited advice that doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I think we're almost done, right? Is this mm-hmm. last one? Two more, I think. Tumas. My creativity is more method or madness? Mine is madness. I think I'm going to say method for me. And last question. I tend to go over the top or under the radar. Oh boy, bop to the top. I am over it. Here we go. Over the top. I think I'm under the radar. I guess it just depends. I don't think you're over the top. Okay, now we should get our results. Drum roll, please, everyone. Drum roll. Oh, this is exactly what I expected. Well, actually, we answered really differently, though, but I swear this is what you told me before that you were. You get the visionary? Yeah, I'm the visionary. Oh, yeah, that's what I got, too. Oh. Interesting, Interesting, but we answered so differently. I mean, mostly. Well, we right? were the same on some things. I also the graphics. And here's for the this cactus like thing you're talking with about. Five eyes. <laughs> this is the visionary. Creative strengths, full of big ideas, ability to see potential and possibility everywhere. Yeah, that is very true. Untapped potential, using your visions to fuel consistent daily action. Nice. Ideal collaborator, the thinker. Hmm. You live in a world of infinite possibilities, preferring to see things not as they are, but as they could be. You know what life, you know that life is limited only by the boundaries of your own beliefs and you're driven to push the limits of, well, everything. Emotional, passion driven. Oh, sorry. Yes, I agree. Emotional, passion driven and full of ideas. The visionary combines a vivid imagination with a desire for practical solutions. Your introspective and intuitive nature is balanced by a keen interest in the world around you and a desire to contribute to society. Love that. 
Charismatic and expressive. You love sharing your ideas and visions with others and creating community around shared values and ideals. Your greatest gift, the ability to see the spark of potential in everything and everyone and to inspire others to see it too. You're able to guide people toward an invisible horizon with a rare generosity of spirit and strength of conviction. Wow, this is very flattering. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Where's the cons? <laughs> this is, I think this is what they try to say as a con. Don't get stuck in the dreaming stage, visionary. Your greatest challenge and true power lies in learning to take consistent daily action to create the future that you envision. Yeah, Seek out the voice of reason that. of the thinker to help you take a grounded, rational approach to your creative work. Literally, I think Jason is probably a thinker because in our relationship, I'm very much like the, ooh, ooh, like big ideas. Let's do this. Like I, I'm all over the place. And he's like, okay, well, how can we like feasibly make this happen? Mm-hmm. Interesting. You should have take the quiz and report I should. back. I'll have Dan take it. You have Jason take it. We'll report back. Okay, so you've got the artist, the thinker, the adventurer, the maker, the producer, the dreamer, the innovator, and the visionary. Interesting. I would have thought that I'd be probably like the adventurer. I mean, I guess I haven't read much about either of them, but just off of the first impression of the names. But I guess that's different than life. It's just creative type, not like total personality type and it was only like 10 questions that were very binary so yeah you <laughs> may have knows. some overlap well that was fun i love taking quizzes and i love learning about leadership styles you know i uh it definitely is a it's a good check to learn like for yourself if you want to be a leader if you are one what are you good at and also where where do you where's your fault as a leader and you know where can you you know grow on and find improvement so that you can be the best you can be it's fun yeah. to we love intuitive self-reflection don't we christy we really do we really do well thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of fingers crossed hope you enjoyed hope you were if you took the quiz with us please let us know what you guys got i think that'd be so interesting maybe we'll do a poll like afterwards because we did one before that was just four different leadership styles and like what you related to the most just reading that but we'll do maybe something like if you took the quiz what did you end up getting because i think it'd be really interesting yeah that would be fun spread out so let us know over on at Fingers Cross Pod on Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast. We would love if you would take a moment out of your day and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts because it really does mean a lot and helps us promote the show if you're enjoying. And we want to hear from you. So let us know what you thought of this episode. Send us a DM on Instagram. We're always open ears. And check out our website. And we will see you next Tuesday for another episode of Fingers of Crossed. Fingers crossed. And without further ado, I know we just said it, but I'm going to say it again. Keep your fingers crossed. Bye, y'all.